0: While
1: we're throne, our gracious Heavenly Father, we humbly come into Thy presence with bowed head and also bowed hearts. for we realize that this one thing that we someday shall stand in Thy presence to give an account for our lives. Therefore, while we are a living and have our right minds, we long to find peace. And to know that the blood has been applied at the middle of the door of our hearts and upon the post. And we stand in reverence today before thee to ask that you will cover our sins, yes. our unbelief, with the blood of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. And that day we might stand faultless and blameless in the presence of God, covered by the blood of his own Son. And Lord, we would ask that you would bless this a group of people that has gathered here this afternoon for no other purpose but to magnify thy name and to add to the church that those that would be saved and to do all that lays within our power to see the kingdom of God and the purpose of God established in the earth. Bless these, my brethren, who are here on the platform. These ministers, pastors, shepherds of the flock, we pray, Lord, that something will be done that will stir them like never before. Let the Holy Spirit come among us this afternoon and do the exceedingly abundantly above all that we could do or think. And we ask, Lord, for their flocks that's gathered in, that they will be inspired and the Christians will will be more determined to live for you than ever before in their lives. And for the the stranger that's within our gates today, we would pray especially for them that they too might join with this great fellowship of believers if they have not already did so. And we would ask, Lord, and not forget those that are convalescent, that are shut in because of sickness and troubles, We ask that you be near unto them, heal their sickness, and straighten out their rough places, Lord, that they too might run with patience the race that's set before us. When we leave today, may we go to our homes like those coming from Emmaus, saying these words, Did not our hearts burn within us as he talked to us along the way? Let this all be to the glory of God, for we humbly bow ourselves heads in our hearts at this service. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. be seated. I'm so glad today to be here at the Clemouth Falls in this lovely little auditorium with these friends of Christ and to continue our fellowship with the the Holy Spirit and the way that he has uh, dealt with us and done for us, we certainly do appreciate all his blessings. Last evening when we saw many come down to the altar to surrender their lives to the Lord Jesus, how we thank the Lord for that. That's the main purpose that we are here for. For I do believe in the full gospel and divine healing and all that Christ died for but if you get healed by divine healing, sooner or later, if you live long enough, you'll be sick again. Someone said one time there was a man that was a critic, wrote in a, a book, a critic of a famous a denomination of a church, and he wrote in the book a criticism of my ministry. And he said, well, he said to show that what I draw the conclusion... About the meetings, was this that there was no doubt, but what there was some power there that would understand the secret of the heart. That I uh, had friends there that uh, had that discernment was on them, and said they knew that was right. He said, But for the healing, it could not have been right. He said, Because there was a man sitting in the balcony, which was a friend of his. At another church, a Brethren church, neighboring church, the man had a serious kidney trouble, which he'd had for many years. And said, uh, Brother Bram called the man by name, and we brought him in there from another city. And said, he told him of his serious kidney condition, and even some things that happened along the road, when he was sitting in one of the balconies. And said, we know that was true. And said, the man was normally and well for about three years. Which he had not been since the boy, and then said it come on him again. That therefore it could not have been of God, said because of God had healed him, it had been well. Or if a man's once healed, he's healed. It just goes to show how if a person has to be ordained of God to believe, or they'll never believe anyhow. They have nothing to believe with. Right. See? They don't have no depths of their of their their soul. If I have known of many men that has been put under an oxygen tent and given penicillin and so forth by the doctor and completely healed with, say, pneumonia. And the person left the hospital completely well with pneumonia and a week later died with pneumonia. He just taken pneumonia again, that's all. But he was healed. And then when the late uh, Honorable Brother Jack Cole at his trial, when a certain denomination of church has tucked sides with the infidel to fight against Brother Cole down in, in um, Florida at his trial. And then the judge willingly to show justice, and yet the church man as the paper gave had turned against Brother Cole and had joined up with Joe Lewis, the Freethinker's Infidel. Calling themselves a notable church, but just because they were so against Christ and against healing, but well, just shows how it comes out. All right, the judge said, "Mr. Cole, do you still claim that this uh, child was healed?" He said, "I claim Christ healed the child." And he said, "He took his braces off on one side of the platform in the presence of Mr. Cole, walked across the platform, and fell at his mother, crippled, and." He said, could you show me any place, if there's one here can show me, any place in the Bible that Christ ever did a trick like that, I'll be willing to force the case. <laughs> and Reverend Gordon Lindsay, one of your Oregon boys here, raised up so that I can produce the case. And Mr. Lindsay gave him the case. He said, one night Jesus came walking on the water. And he said, Peter screamed from the boat, and the rest of them said, if thou be the Christ, the Lord... Bid me to come to you on water. And Peter stepped down out of the boat and started walking towards Jesus normally on the water. But when he got scared, he sank. That's settled. Certainly. You can be healed one minute and sick the next. See? It depends on how long your faith holds out. And faith is all what divine healing and salvation. Is nothing that we as individuals can do, it's already a finished work that Christ did at Calvary. It's our faith in that finished work. Amen. I might say to this audience this afternoon, how many Christians, perhaps 95 percent or maybe 100, raise up their hands they're Christians. As long as you believe that, all right. But the minute that you begin to think that you're not, that's the time you start thinking right there. That's the time your testimony is negative. Divine healing lasts just as long as your faith lasts with it. Your salvation the same because every, everything of God is by faith. And nothing of God's can be proven by natural. Look at the whole armor of God is faith. What is the armor of God? Love. Joy. Peace. Long-suffering. Gentleness. Patience. Faith. Just look what goes in the armor. Everything Supernatural. You cannot handle it with your hands. You have to believe it. Go down to the store and buy me a quarter's worth of divine love. (laughs) Buy me a dollar's worth of faith. (laughs) You cannot purchase it. It's the gift of God, and you have to believe it. You have to believe it as long as... And then if you say that you're saved and still live for the things of the world, your fruits prove that you're not saved. Certainly. I've always said that I'm very strict. I believe holiness exactly. And I said, I. but if you just make yourself dress like a holy person or act like a holy person, that doesn't make you a holy person. See? You can just be making out that, but if the Spirit within you makes you live that way, then you know you're all right. That's how you judge yourself. And you're not judged or you're, con- you're not condemned with the world as long as you have judged yourself by the life that the Spirit within you makes you live. All oh, right. That's God. Now, in these meetings, we we do not have uh, what we call major on divine healing. Because divine healing is a minor. You can never major on a minor. Divine healing is just something that God added to the church. And no one can preach salvation of the soul without preaching divine healing for the body. It's just like if an animal had me by the side here and was just cutting my side out with his paws. There's no need to just chopping off his foot or his paw that he's got in my side. Just knock him in the head. It kills a whole animal. Well, that's the way that Christ did when he died for sin. He killed every attribute of sin. See, he killed the whole thing. And before we had any sin, we had no sickness. Sickness is an attribute of sin. Without sin, they have no sickness. And when sickness is a result of sin, and you cannot deal with sin without dealing with sickness. He was wounded for our transgressions with his stripes. We were healed. So when you stop the sin question, you also affect the sick question. All of it is taken care together. And that's what Christ died. A full man, a full death, A full resurrection for a full church, for a full gospel. Right. And therefore, it all goes together. Now, we notice you say, well, then, Brother Bram, your ministry is noted as divine healing. Sure. Certainly. Divine healing attracts. About 85% of Jesus' Jesus' ministry was divine healing. Did you know that? As old, the late Dr. F.F. Bosworth used to say, you never show the fish the hook. You show him the bait. He grabs the bait, and he's got the hook. So that's the way it is. People come to to see the power and the miracles of God. And when they see that, they actually God catches them with the hooks and the jaw right there because they know that there's something real. And I went into Bombay, India, and many of the other places. There I, the Archbishop of the Methodist Church and them met me there at the, when they had garlands and everything hanging out. They said, well, Brother brand don't come here saying you're a missionary. That we know more about the Bible than you Yankees will ever know. And that's about the truth. Yes, it's an Eastern book. Well, if you go ever go to the East and study the Bible, it's it's a brand new book than what you read up here in the West. We try to make an Eastern book compared with a Western way of living. You can't do it. The parables and things are just perfect, they're still there. And they had the Bible two thousand years before we was a nation. So well, there you are. See? They said, we know about the Bible. We understand that God has given you a gift that makes this Bible live again. That's what we're interested in. Not missionaries. That we have plenty of that here. But we understand that, that God has given a gift to you that will make this Bible live its life again. A book of Acts over. So that's what we're interested in knowing. I said, Jesus Christ remains the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's exactly. I said, he hasn't changed one bit. And that's when the Lord began to work in there. Now, I, we have great men. America is going to be more condemned than any nation in the world at the day of the judgment. Because it's had such in it has this great man in its beings, in its walls here, inside its, its domain. Because there's been revival after revival sweep across this country. And yet, people continually indulge right on in sin, getting worse every day. See, the church even itself cooling off and getting away from God. It's a pity. But, what can we do about it? The Bible predicted these things would come and it's going to be here. We say, well, why are you crying out about it? Because someone has to cry out against the wrong so that at the day of the judgment there'll be a voice recorded. That's right. You know, they know better. And all the signs. Not long ago when we were coming into Bombay I just, something come on my mind then. Uh, was reading an article in the paper that where they said the earthquake must be finished, the birds are flying back. About three days before the great earthquake came, as you read your paper, while all India isn't like this country, it's uh, got, their fences are not woven wire as we have, and their buildings are mostly all built out of rocks, they can pick up on the fields, their fences are built out of rock, and the little birds go back into these rocks and make their nests. And the cattle in the afternoon, like this, they stand in the shade of those walls, while they noticed that about two days before the earthquake appeared, all the little birds left the rocks, left their nests, their homes, and went out into the fields, lived in the trees. The cattle and sheep wouldn't stand around the walls no more. They stood out in the middle of the field, leaning against one another. And the earthquake came and shook the walls down. If the little fellows that have been there, they've been crushed. The cattle have been killed. The sheep had been killed. Now, if the God that led the animal life into the ark is still the same God, by instinct he led them away from danger, away from them walls. That's the following. Well, if if a bird and a sheep and a cow and the animal life can have instinct enough To be led away from danger, how much more ought the church of God to flee away from the walls of the things of the world now, when it's just about ready to crumble. Get out, friends. Stand for Christ. Believe in Christ. Now, I believe in these ministries that we have today across the world, one different from the other. I was watching Brother Oral Roberts just a few moments ago. In the room, they have a television in the room at the... They had for me, and I was. I heard him announce it, Oral Roberts. Now I went over and turned the television on. They did, and I see Oral praying for a little sick baby from up in Canada had a bad eye, and uh, I believe the parents was Catholic. And Brother Roberts in his real way of faith, he slammed his hand down on the little baby and prayed for it, and the little baby was healed. Now that's a real gift of faith that Brother Roberts had, and. We know it. Brother Jack Cole, he used to have a little anvil laying by the side of his desk. Somebody come up with the glasses on, he'd take the glasses off and break them up with a hammer, throw them over, have a, crutches, he'd take the crutches first and chop them up and throw them away. He'd burn every ridge. Well, they only had one Jack Cole. You know? The world couldn't stand two at one time. God rest his precious soul. He certainly was a gallant man of faith. One of the greatest i ever seen in my life was Jack Cole. And now. Um, And he's gone on to glory today. His work was finished, and Satan could not have took him until his work was finished. Now, now there there are men one different from the other, all together. And in the ministry the Lord has given me, most of those men were theologians, great teachers and scholars. Mine is not. Mine is more of a prophetic message. And the way I teach divine healing is a work at the cross that has been completed for you, and if you'll just only recognize it, you can receive it. Now, now, Brother Roberts, and those great Gallup men, you say, how do you place their ministry to yours? They're using Scripture by laying on of hands. Now, that's true. That is a Bible doctrine. I many know that? Yeah. They shall lay hands on the sick. They shall recover. But if you just bear with me a moment, I want to show you that wasn't a Gentile commission. No, sir. John said, Come lay your hands on my daughter and she'll, she'll be healed. Jewish. Jews always is laying on hands. Everything is laying on hands. But what's the Gentile? It wasn't so. I'm not worthy that you come under my roof. Just speak the word. My servant lives. And he turned around and said, I've never seen faith like that in Israel. There it is. We're supposed to be on a higher level. And that was. We're living on the closer of the, of the world's end than we were then. The Gentile way is to believe the Word. Exactly right. To recognize. Look at that Gentile. He said, I'm a man under authority. He was a centurion, which means that he had a hundred men under him. A Roman centurion. And he, he said, I'm a man under authority. And I say to this man, go and he goes. This man comes and he comes. He has to. He's under my authority. And I really didn't thought myself worthy to come to you. None of my nation. I sent a Jew to you. and said, the only thing you have to do is just speak the word. Why do you recognize that? That every sin and every disease and everything else was under his authority. Yeah. Just say, go and he'll go. See what he did? Now, that's what I'm trying to get the American people to see. That it doesn't. you don't have to wait for a special time for a certain evangelist to come through and uh, to pray for you. Your pastor is sufficient. If the pastor isn't there, your neighbor's sufficient. If the neighbor isn't there, your husband or wife is sufficient. And if there's not of them just raise up your hand. He's sufficient always, just yes, wherever you are. Believe it. Believe it. It's a finished work. And last night I wasn't intending to discern uh, that our gift. It weakens me. It troubles me quite a bit. Now I've got a full month of meeting right ahead of me now, and then I'm. I was trying to keep away from it for a night or two and just go and preach a little while if you could put up with it. And then at the end of the service, the Holy Spirit, when I started to leave at that altar, call, the Holy Spirit, moved down. I watched over the building. Here went that light moving from person to person. See, it was something ready to happen. And there it did happen. See? Now, in the right way, if you could have received it right, at that time, if every person in here would have looked up, is finish the sick question with every one of you. If every one of you could have received it. That's Christ bringing himself into the presence of the people that they might know that he is not dead but he's alive forevermore. He's a living. And as long as you know the one that wrote the word and gave the promise is living right here with you he's just as real today as his promise as he was when he was back there. That makes him the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, the American people are taught so many different ways. That's what makes it hard going to Africa and to the Belgium Congo or to Tanzania, or wherever you wish to go or some of them countries that hasn't been documented with so many different things. One of our ministers stand up and say, Well, I don't know. That might be telepathy. I wouldn't fool with it. Others stand up. Oh, that's truly the devil. No one should ever fool with that. Others stand up. No, I believe it's of the Lord. What does the people know what to do? They, they, they just don't know how to receive it. It's supernatural. It's great. And they don't know how to receive it. But, you go into there, they haven't any of those documents. they pack an idol under their arm sprinkled with blood. The only thing they know is they're a heathen God. When they see something, that heathen God cannot produce any supernatural. And when they see something supernatural take place, they're ready to break that heathen God and receive Christ. At Durban, South Africa. Where well, I seen one miracle, there have been four people on the platform, and one miracle performed there out of that, I've seen 30,000 blanket heathens break their idols on the ground and receive Christ. The next morning, Sidney Smith, the mayor of Durban, come up and said, Brother Brown, just a minute, watch your window, so you can hear it, I went to the window, and here come down, seven big cattle trucks, big cattle trucks, full of crutches, wheelchairs, and sticks and things that they'd walked on, they don't have real things like we have. Just, and just one thing had taken place, just one thing, Just and 10,000 Mohammedans received Christ at one time. 10,000 recorded Mohammedans at one time. Now they put that picture in the paper the other day about Billy Graham and about this Mohammedan giving the challenge. And you see this other paper come out and say, why didn't you call attention to that? See? Well, they just like a place of oil, but uh, some that they could throw off on Brother Billy Graham or something like that. But when it comes to divine healing, they know it's right. They know the power of God. They seen it right there, and and so then and here come uh, all these cattle trucks, and the people that had been in these constant and stretchers the day before was walking down the street singing in their native language. Only believe, all things are possible. I sat in that window and I wept like a baby. See to see them coming down the street. See, knowing that one day and them even in tribal wars, but they were all one. I got a, a clipping out of the Durban paper. Uh, it said that within the space of six months after that, in the Shungai uh, tribe alone, I forget how many truckloads of, of ammunition and firearms and rings and things that they brought back and put uh, back to their place because the people were truly converted. They, they wanted no more to do with anything wrong. They, and now, here is one more thing before closing. Forgive me if I hurt you, I don't mean to. What I can't understand, in America where we're supposed to be civilized, each year our women take off a little more clothes. And there stood those naked women, nothing on at all, the clout, stand there and never even know which is right and left hand. And as soon as they received Christ as personal Savior, they folded their arms to walk away from the people and get some clothes. And if Christ on a native woman, a heathen, will break her realize that she's naked into some of our own Pentecostal women claiming to have the Holy Ghost and continually stripping themselves out here to act like some movie star or some other... I can't understand it. There's something went wrong somewhere, see? Now you may think I'm just an old fogey. Brother, that's only common sense. Amen. That's right. That's the only gospel truth. Yes, so there's something wrong somewhere, friend. What we need is somebody to say it, somebody to tell it, and somebody to live it. Now that's exactly true. Now may the Lord help us And talking like this, because I know I don't want to take too much of your time. Your churches will be tonight. You visitors, I know I had a good time at the meetings this morning, and they'll be having services tonight. We put ours in the afternoon so that we wouldn't interfere with that service. I want to pray for the sick. Each one of you that you're from visiting churches, you're welcome this week to come. We expect to have a great time in the Lord this week. Now, once more, may we pray before we open the word. Lord Jesus, we are conscious of your presence. We know that you are here and you've got your children assembled together this afternoon, men and women who would die for you freely, men who are gallant who stand in the pulpit and proclaim the message of Christ without compromising anyway, yet with meekness and sweetness. Father, we pray that you will bless everyone in divine presence. Now, the Bible says that faith cometh by hearing, hearing of the word. And as I read this afternoon this little text that I've chosen for the message, I pray that you will take the Holy Spirit and draw from it a context that would bring the truth of Christ into every heart and divine healing in reach of every sick person. And when we pray for the sick, may you answer prayer. And may even before the lion can be called and the sick be prayed for. God, I pray that in Jesus' name that you'll heal the people before that time comes. That they might know it doesn't lay within a man. It's in the power of their faith to believe on the Lord Jesus. We ask it in his name. Amen. St. Matthew, the 12th chapter and the 42nd verse, a very familiar Text to many of the folks who follow the meeting. I would like to try to approach it in a round another stand, another way. And the Queen of the South shall rise up in the last days with this generation and shall condemn it, for she came from the utmost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and behold, a greater than Solomon is here. Matthew 12 42. When you go home, you might read the entire chapter of Matthew 12. Now, Jesus at this time was rebuking the people because they had not understood his ministry. And they were looking for a Messiah to come. They were looking for uh, a deliverer to take them out from under the yokes of their bondage. And when he came, he came in such a way, in the great day that they lived in, the most Organized ecclesiastical system the world ever knows. They had it then. We are aware of that. God, to Moses, gave them the Ten Commandments. And they've taken those commandments and run them out into different sects and so forth, like that. But all down through the age, they've been a little remnant with holding on to the truth of God. Just the small group. The Church of God has always been in the minority. How many know that? That's the truth. Always in the minority. When Jesus came, there's just about a dozen. Simeon, John the Baptist, and, and Joseph and Mary, and just a few like that, was holding on with the truth. Now, and when he came, he came in such a different way than the people was expecting him to come, or had been taught that he would come, or until he confused them in such a way until they, they didn't recognize him. I believe it'll be the same thing when he comes again. Each man adds him a chart. He's going to come riding on a white horse. The other said, no, he's coming in a white cloud. What difference does it make as long as he's coming? As long as he's on a white cloud or a white horse. I don't care. Only thing is so I'm right to go with him when that time comes. That's the main thing. But they fall out on that. One of them a group over here, another group over here. Just whether he's going to ride a white horse or a white cloud. So it doesn't make any difference. Just so he comes. And that's the main thing is to believe he is coming. But... When Jesus came, He came exactly in the way that the Scriptures predicted He would come, only it didn't line up with their teaching of that day. They had the Messiah coming. They were watching for His second coming instead of His first advent. That's what they was confused on. He was coming in power. They were looking for Him to take a rod of iron and rule all nations. And when He come meekly, born in a manger, illegitimate, uh, background behind him as the world thought. Born in a manger, a peculiar boy. All of his ways were odd. Tearing up the churches, splitting them up and telling them they were hypocrites and Pharisees and, and uh, the Sadducees and all of them condemned the whole thing and stood there alone by himself. And they said, while we know that your word is wrong, said in Israel it takes two to make a witness. He said, I'm one and my father that works in me is the next one. So we have two. If I do not the works of my Father, then don't believe me. But if I do the works of my Father and you can't believe me, believe the works that you might be saved. God was bearing record. Many people are following signs. It isn't the sign, it's the voice that goes with the sign. Moses, when he was given two signs, God told him if they won't hear the voice of the first sign, then they will hear the voice of the second sign. Each sign is just a sign. Man has gifts and things, but watch what's behind it. Satan can impersonate anything almost. He has an uh, impersonator, and he can impersonate. But what's the kind of a voice that it is? What does it do? The voice of the sign. Think a person walk up big what they can do and all this thing. Don't you pay no attention to that. God's spirit is a meek spirit, humble spirit, full of full of love and compassion, looking to all people. Uh, bringing all people to the knowledge of Christ. Now, Jesus had come just exactly the way that they said, the Bible said he would come, and he did just exactly what the Bible said he would do, and yet they did not believe him. He performed the messiah sign and showed them that he was the Messiah in the very same chapter, and they called him a Beelzebub, a devil, because he was able to discern their thoughts, and they thought that he was a devil. Now, the Bible has plainly told them, Moses, their leader, who they looked to, he told them that when the Lord your God shall raise up a prophet like unto me, and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall not hear this prophet will be cut off from the people. Now, the Messiah was to be a prophet. And when this sign of the prophet was given among them, then, oh, they didn't look for that. They looked for a man with a rod of iron that could go out and do great things and beat down a nation. See? America is certainly sold on big things and noisy things. But God comes in neither big things or noisy things. When Elijah was back in the cave, there went a thunder by. God, he just let it pass by. A wind went by the head. Russian mighty winds and everything else passed by. But God wasn't in it. But when a still, small voice spoke, the prophet veiled his face and walked out. He spoke. It's that still, small voice that we fail to hear. We're looking for roars and thunders and and things like that and sensations. But God, you can be deceived in sensation. We want to stay with the Word to know where we're right or not. That's the blueprint. Stay with the Word. And the Word is right. And the Bible has spoke and predicted the way He would come. And many of those who were ordained before to eternal life, they heard Him and they recognized Him. Philip, Peter, many of those... When they come up, they tell them who they were. Quickly, they say, That's the Messiah. But the Pharisees couldn't answer to their congregation, so they had to brand it something, and they just said, It's the devil. And Jesus was rebuking them and upbraiding them cities that He had done great works in because the of their hearts was hardened. And, they, and He was telling about in all ages. God, in all ages, to every age, has had signs and wonders and a messenger in the earth, in all ages. Every age that ever come, he had a messenger. And if the people believed that message, the nation prospered. If it did not believe that message, that nation was condemned and went into chaos. Just look back through the history of the Bible, and you will certainly find it. If God sent a message, and usually the message doesn't come with some great big bladder or something big. It's something small. Watch Noah, the fanatic. Look at Abraham. Just watch down through the Bible, and even Jesus himself, humble, lowly, outcast, black name behind him, everything. Look at John, a man born in the wilderness, no schooling at all, piece of sheepskin wrapped around him, and carry all over, look like one of these here fuzzy worms out there, a preaching repentance and eating wild locusts and honey. Isn't that something? And these great, fine, self spiled clergymen there... Oh, school to the very point could speak every Hebrew word exactly, in their grammar and their theology was perfect, and God took something like an old fuzzy worm out there in the wilderness and set forth and condemned the whole thing. Even when Jesus come, he said, there never was a man born of a woman as great as John the Baptist. That's right. God does things small but powerful. Now... The Bible spoke and said, speaking of John being a forerunner there, it said, Every high place will be brought low. Every low place will be lifted up. The mountains will skip like little rams and all the trees clap their hands. What was it? An old fuzzy-faced man with a piece of sheepskin around him, drowning people in all water, standing out on the banks of the Jordan, blasting away against the churches. Look when Jesus comes. They'd expect the Messiah to come down the golden corners, a full-grown man with a rod of iron in his hand, driving chariots and angels all around him, great big flowery things, and would come down and take over and boost Rome out and consume the whole thing and give the kingdom over to Israel. What did he come? A baby, Jehovah baby, born in a manger over a manure pile. Right. It's exactly the stink of a stable. He came down. No place he ever went to school or ever entered school. No word at all went about doing miracles and signs. And the people condemned him when he comes to be baptized down the Jordan. Just an ordinary man walking along the side of the street or side of the road. Come down into the wilderness to be baptized by this old bearded minister down there. See, God works his own ways. And, and people, you got to humble yourself. You know, great bright things is what blinds the eyes of people. Eve was looking for a new light. She got it. The Bible said in the last days that the devils would be uh, turned themselves into ministers of life. Look at the very first sin was ever performed. Was Satan wanted a greater and brighter kingdom, a great thing, and went over to the north and set his own kingdom up to outshine Michael? It's always those bright things. We're not monkeys. Monkeys reach after bright things. Let's be men and women. Sensible. down, Look at the gospel. See what it says and follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. You'll never be able to know God until the Holy Spirit comes into you. Exactly. The Bible said that no man can call Jesus the Christ only by the Holy Ghost. If you've never received the Holy Ghost, you don't know that He's the Christ yet. Remember that. You're only walking towards that light. You can say, my pastor said so. That's true. My Bible said so. That's true. My mother said so. That's true. My church believes it's the Holy Ghost. That's true. But what about you? As an individual, you don't know until you've received it. And when you receive the Holy Ghost, then you are a witness that He's alive forevermore. Now, the Holy Ghost is within you. Now, and then you watch Him as He works. If the life of Christ is in you, it'll produce His life in you. The works that I do, shall you do also. The same works, because it's the same life. If the life in a watermelon vine produces a watermelon, well, it'll next branch comes out, it'll produce another watermelon. Every time it'll be a watermelon. And if the church is really anchored in Christ, every church will write a book of Acts behind it. Exactly right. Because the first one wrote a book of Acts behind it. So there we are. And Jesus has surely proved to them that He'd give them the sign of the Messiah, that the end time was there for them. And they did not believe it. And he was upbraiding them and telling them. And he referred back then back in the verse preceding this in the forty first verse. He preferred to, or referred, rather, to Jonah in the days of Jonah. I always felt sorry for Jonah, so many people condemned Jonah, while Jonah was a prophet. He was a great man of God. You hear him say, well, he's a Jonah. I believe that Jonah did just exactly what God told him to do. I don't believe that any servant of God, led of the Spirit, can get out of the will of God, because as long as he's led by the Spirit, that's God's will. Sometimes he does things that he don't even know what he's doing himself and don't realize why he does do it. But it's God working it around for the good. Everything works together for good to them that love God, said the Scripture. The and Jonas, surely God told him to go to Nineveh, but somehow or another, unknowingly, to to the prophet, he tucked the wrong ship and went down to Tarshish. I've towards that way, a sea come up and the waves began to roll and the winds blowed. Always felt sorry for Jonah. You know, they bound his hands and his feet, thrown out of the ship, and a big fish swallowed him. And anyone knows that when a fish eats its dinner, or its meal, it goes to the bottom and rests its swimmers on the bottom of the water, down at the bottom of the lake. You feed your goldfish and watch what happens. They'll go right down to the bottom of that little jar and rest. He prowls through the water until he finds his food. After he's eaten, he goes down and rests. Now, this big whale, the storm on the sea had come up, and Jonah had been thrown out, and God sent this whale by there to pick up Jonah. And he swallowed Jonah and went down into the bottom of the sea to rest himself. And there was Jonah tied hands and feet in the bottom of the sea in the belly of a whale. You talk about symptoms. Jonah had them. He, he had a right to have symptoms. Looky there. If he looked this away, it was a whale's belly. If he looked this away, it was whale's belly. Everywhere he looked, it was whale's belly. Now, there's nobody in here in that condition, is there, sister? You wouldn't be in that condition. Are you there? Any of you? None of you is in that condition. Now, he didn't, no one is ever in that position that Jonah was in. His hands was bound. His feet was bound. He was in the belly of the whale. A baby twenty fathoms deep in the sea, and on a stormy sea. Talk about symptoms he really had. It. But you know what he said? There are lying vanities. I'll not look at it no more. But once more will I look to your holy temple? Amen. Why, when Solomon dedicated that temple, he prayed up there and he said, "If any uh, people be in trouble anywhere, and look towards this temple, then hear from heaven, Lord." And he had confidence in what the the prophet's prayer was for, that he would be heard from heaven. And he refused to look at the symptoms of the whale's belly and looked again towards the temple. You can't hide a saint from prayer. I don't care where you go. If uh, you claim in any condition, a Hebrew, children of five, furnace, Daniel, in the lion's den, wherever it may be, a real believer holds on to that prayer. I don't care what takes place. He holds on to that prayer. You'll... And you know what happened? God made that whale stick in his stomach. And he he vomited him up on the shore. Now, if God would answer Jonah's prayer under those conditions, uh, looking towards a temple that a man made, the temple where a man prayed, a temple where there was a mercy seat was overshadowed with the, the blood of a sheep, How much more will he today when we look away from our symptoms, our crippled condition, our cancer, our tumor, whatever we have, our sin, and look to the door of God where Jesus stands at the right hand of the majesty with his own glove to make intercession upon our confession. Forget your symptoms. If you, as long as you look at your hand, it's twisted. It'll always be twisted. I refuse to look at it anymore. I look to thy holy temple, O Lord. I'm telling you, something will get sick. <laughs> Satan will when you go to the beginning like that. I want you to see how God made this so real. Then we're told that the Nineveh would become idol- idolaters. And they worship the animals. All idolatry worships animals. And then we notice that at their their sea, God was the whale because he was the master of the sea. And their occupation at Nineveh were fishermen. And here all the men were out, thousands of them up. A city as big as Portland, Oregon, and they were all out there in their boats to fishing. And here come their God, whale God, in licked out his tongue, and the prophet walked right out the game.
0: <laughs>
1: sure, they hear his message. <laughs> the whale God has spit the prophet out. <laughs> Certainly, God knows how to do things. It might be simple, but He knows how to do it. He knows how to reach the heart of man. The whale opened up his mouth, and out walked the prophet. Their God. And he said, except you repent in forty days, this place will sink. Right in the scripture we're reading here this afternoon, Jesus said, as it was, and look what they asked there first. They said, "Um, uh, show us a sign, Master. The Pharisees said to him, show us a sign. He said, oh, an evil and an adulterous generation seeks after signs. And there will be no sign given them but the sign of Jonah. For as Jonah was in the belly of the whale three days a night, so the Son of Man must be in the belly of the whale three days a night. Now you spiritual-minded people, open up. Watch that. Watch that. Don't just read right over it. Let the Spirit catch it for you. What? What kind of generation was seeking after a sign? This generation. This is that evil and adulterous generation that would seek after a sign? Everywhere. Every little sign they seek after. said there would be no sign. But the sign of Jonah, what was Jonah the sign of? The Resurrection.
0: <laughs>
1: the Resurrection. That's the thing we're seeing now. The sign of the Resurrection Jesus lives. He isn't dead. He's in our midst, doing the same thing that he did then. That's the sign that that generation would receive. He said, oh, you're speaking of the generation right then. No, sir, look at the signs they received then from him. You're speaking of this generation. An evil and an adulterous generation. Looking here now in our country, adulterous is like Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah. Certainly it is, and only increase daily. That evil and an adulterous generation will seek after a sign, and they'll get it. He promised they would get it. They'd get a true sign from heaven. Yeah. Compare that with the days of Sodom. So shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. I hope you get that.
0: Yeah.
1: There will be a sign given him. them, he said. God's word is exactly on the dot every place in the Bible. Jesus said, "As it was in the days of Sodom, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man." Look at that angel down there to the church elect. Look what he done. Look at Jesus. What he done in his generation. Look down here at this generation. What he's doing now. They'll receive a sign, but they won't believe it. There you are. But it comes just the same. An evil and an adulterous generation will seek after a sign, and they'll have it. It'll be given to them. As Jonah was in the belly of the whale three days a night, so the Son of Man will be in the heart of the earth three days a night. But the resurrection will be the sign. And the resurrection sign is given to the church in its last days. The angel of the Holy Spirit in the meet of the meetings showing the same things, doing the same things across the nations, proving that Jesus Christ has raised from the dead just the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's the generation that will receive it. Then he comes to the Queen. The queen, we call her the queen of Sheba, the queen of the south, he said here, said she'll rise in the last days and condemn this generation. She'll in the last days, that's with the generation of the last days, she'll rise with them and will condemn it because she came from the utmost parts of the earth. You hear the wisdom of Solomon, and yet I say unto you that are greater than Solomon is here. Now, let's take the little queen in the days of Solomon and listen close. Now, all Bible scholars know that the days of Solomon was the golden age of the, of the Israelites. That was the time they had no wars to not say anything. They built the temple, and all the nations after David had feared Israel, and it brought in great things and riches and power and powerful armies. No one bothered them. And then they had God gave them a gift. God gives gifts in all generations, a gift of His presence. Now listen, then we find out that Solomon, after he received this gift of discernment, he was put into action, and people from everywhere believed him. Now what if they'd have turned that gift down? Well, they'd have, they'd have been a lost country. But they believed it. Everyone believed it, No matter what Solomon done, they still stayed with it. They believed that he was a servant sent from God. Oh, what if the Christian church tonight... What if the Christian church today could believe the gift that God sent them, the Holy Ghost? What if they would receive it? What if all the denominations would rally around the Holy Spirit as Israel rallied around Solomon with that gift? The Holy Spirit is a gift to the church, and the church turns it away and shuts it off with our doctrines and our theologies and things. Our man-made creeds, we shut crash right out. Don't let the Holy Spirit come in. No miracles, no shouting, no speaking with tongues, no praises of God. What the Holy Spirit done that in the book of Acts, it'll do the same thing today because the book of Acts is not the Acts of the Apostles. It's the Acts of the Holy Spirit in the Apostles. That's the same Holy Spirit in the church today. He would act the same way and give the same results. Why accept the substitute when the skies are full of real Pentecostal power? Oh, we don't have to have a substitute. We can have the real. Oh, I know it's the truth, my brother and my sister. It's true. Now, the acts of the Holy Spirit. Notice in this, this queen now, uh, Solomon, brother, first. We find out that in the days of his ministry, all the people rallied around and around Solomon, and everybody talked. There was nobody talking against him, everybody was faring. Now what if the whole Christian church today would rally around the Holy Ghost? Nobody says fanaticism. Nobody says that it isn't so. Every American would say, Oh my, in our nation we have received the Holy Ghost. What if our most beloved President Eisenhower and all the the candidates and so forth for this election and all the people were just in one accord and they'd be going around saying, Oh, we are so blessed. We are so blessed. The Holy Spirit has visited us.
0: Praise and He's in on it.
1: He is. Look when I stepped off the ship down to the airship in, in India. They said, we don't want to know your theology. We don't want to hear you say you're a missionary. We understand that God has given you a gift to make the Bible live again. We want that. That's it. All right. If the whole Ransom church of God would rise in the power of the Holy Ghost. Nations would fear this nation. they got atomic bombs now. And they are go to, Lord, to bits one of these days. And you know that. The heavens will be on fire, said Peter. And the earth will burn with the, the fervent heat and so forth. We know it's coming. But what if we, if the people today trying to dig down into the earth to find a, a bomb shelter. To put the government down in Kentucky somewhere in one of the caves. Now they've got a bomb that they can't even hide in the cave from. You go 175 feet deep in the ground. Or if you had it made out of solid steel, 500 feet in the ground, the concussion of that would kill or break every bone in your body. Certainly it would. Blow a hole in the earth, 150 miles, squares, 155, 75 feet deep in the earth. How are you ever going to get away from it? I'll tell you right now, the church has a shelter. It's not made out of steel. It's made out of feathers. Under his wings, the church will abide. And will be lifted up in the glory. Away from the things of the Lord. Oh, if the nation would only listen and receive and rally around the gift, this would be a golden age. The gift is the Holy Spirit that God sent back. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem till you are due with tithes on high. Peter said on the day of Pentecost, Repent, every one of you, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. They say, well, that was just for them, was it? He said, for the promise is unto you and to your children, and to them as far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. The gift is to whosoever will should come. Amen. And by the praying Americans, and these old forefathers that come forth fighting the good fight of faith and establish this nation upon the principles of the Bible, and it's their children that tell all to God that's brought the revival that's been brought in America. But they're in a minority. The others are communistic forces in the churches. And you see this big rally about these ministers and all in this great church doing each other, even packing communistic cards, and cards in their pockets, leaders of these international churches and so forth. It's all just honeycombed all through. It has to come that way. that there's not a rock or not a foundation, but Jesus Christ. Upon that rock, I'll build a church in the gates of hell. Take hey, prevail a daily Amen. There was the Queen or the Solomon. All, all the people routing rallying around while the news got scattered everywhere. Well, just see the little forces of the church, the news of the Holy Spirit falling here and giving great meetings has called these ministers around the world. Everywhere, just in that little force, what's it doing? Pulling out the elected. Pulling out God's children. From my sheep here, my boy. They're coming from everywhere. Coming to the Lord. From Germany, from Switzerland, from Africa, from India, from... Asia, all over the world they're coming. Revival powers are built on every hill, almost. People the elected, the rest of them making fun of them, calling them holy rollers and fanatics. That doesn't mean one thing, but the, rest assured that it's the, the purpose of God that they would condemn you, that he might be able to condemn that. Certainly, if they, don't, if they condemn you, they condemn him for as much as you've done to the least of these, my brethren, you've done it to me. Any of these that believe in me. And these signs shall follow them that believe in me. That's how you know. Not professing to believe, but the signs that I do, they'll do also. That'll be a, a vindication of boast to their ministry that they're telling the truth. Amen. Man, and women, wake up. The fact that we're living in the last days. We're under the shadows of his mercy right now. But one day we'll be under the shadows of judgment. Because we have rejected the shadows of mercy. Flee to the rock. Then what? Notice... All the people rallied around Solomon. The gift was mighty. It done great things. They'd never seen anything like it. They know it had to come from God. Such discernment. They'd never seen such. All the passers-by, they'd want to go by and see Solomon. they want to see it. Why, Nehru and other, and Khrushchev and them, wouldn't be coming to this nation just to see what good roads we have to take over. They wouldn't want to be seeing what kind of capital buildings we have, how much riches we have, and how our farms, how much agriculture, so forth, they wouldn't be coming to see that. If we all rallied around the Holy Spirit, they'd be so hungry for God. They'd be so scared of it because they know that God controls every fiber of the earth. Yeah. yeah. That's what we need today. Is is men and women rallying around the gift of God, the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit working in them, showing his presence with them, that they might before other unbelievers might see that it is God. Now, we find out that the people passing by found out about Solomon and his fame spread all over the world. And it went all the way down, the Bible said, to the utmost parts of the earth. Now, that was the utmost parts of the known world at that day. And if you'll notice, it's quite a distance. In Palestine, down across the Sahara Desert, into uh, where she was queen, the Queen of Sheba. Now, let's think. Everybody coming by would pass by the little queen, you know, and they'd say, well, we are travelers. We've been up in the certain, certain countries. Oh, you should go to Palestine. They are a mighty people. They're all one accord. The whole nation is blooming in riches, And they've got a man up there that's got a gift from their God that that man performs just like their God would do if he was standing there. You know, faith cometh by hearing. Yeah. See? And that little queen would say, what do you know about that? Oh, then next fellow would come by. Yes, our little queen, we've come by, and we've been traveling in our caravans of the camels, and, and we pass through Egypt. We come through all the countries. And when we come to Palestine, say, they've got a mighty God up there, a living God. Well, we got gods in our country, of course, but they got a God that acts in His people. He's a real God. You
0: should see it.
1: They even took this man Solomon and made him their king. And oh, their God is powerful. You should see him. You know, faith cometh by hearing. Hearing of the word. If a man has anything about him, of God, when he hears the works of God, he'll begin to hunger. She began to consider taking a little trip. Well, she expect this? Now, she lived in a heathen land, we know. She was a heathen, a pagan herself. But let's just take a little drama now. I imagine now, heard her prestige before she could leave the country, she'd have to consult her church and her pagan priest if she'd be able to go. So I can see her go over to her priest and she says, Holy Father, I've heard great news of the Israelites. If their God up there has anointed one of their, their brethren, and he's a great man that he shows wonders and signs and wisdom and can discern the thoughts of the people and great things that he's doing up there, I hear the pageant priest say, my child, you know you are a queen? You are a member of this church, the church of this great nation that you're a queen over? Did you know your great, 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 great grandmother and all down were queens before you? Would you disgrace your church and your people to, to attend such a fanatical meeting as that? Why, if, if God was ever to do anything, our God to do it in our church. If that isn't the attitude today, I never know. Yeah, right. yes. Why, she said, but listen, I understand that and he is not someone that, that we talk about. Now, you've talked about these idols here that we serve, and I've never seen one of them move all my life. And you keep telling them what they are and what they're going to do and what they will do and what they did do. I've never seen one move of it. Only thing I've got is some words here. I've been reading about it. But they tell me that their God is alive. I want to find something real. Amen. That's the hunger of every human heart. They want to find something real. They know they come from a, somewhere dark in the inner, in here, and go back to that land again that they don't know. They're looking to find something to pass the curtain. That was her heart. Well, I can hear the priest tell her now, Daughter, if you go up there, we'll excommunicate you from the church. We'll just take your name right off the book. And you you won't be a member of this church any longer. But you know what? If the hunger of God comes into a human heart, there's nothing in the world going to stop them. That's right. When the heart begins to hunger, David said in the Bible, When the deep calls to the deep, now, if there's a deep calling, there's got to be a deep to respond to it. you believe that?
0: Yes.
1: Now, in other words, like this, if uh, before there... Well, I read sometime a year or a few years ago in a paper about a little boy eating erasers off of a pencil in school. The teacher, give him another pencil, eat the eraser off of it. And his mammy found him one day out eating the pedal off of a bicycle. There had to be a, a sulfur to respond to that craze. You see what I mean? In other words, before there can be a creation, there has to be a creator to create the creation. And as long as you're here today, you people sick, hunting for divine healing, because you believe that there is a God that can heal the sick, that shows there is a fountain open somewhere for healing. Being that you're more of God, because that there is a fountain somewhere where you can find more of God. When the deep calls to the deep, there's got to be a deep to respond to that call. Now, the little queen hearing about a living God who was living with his people, it created a thirst. Blessed are they, said Jesus in Matthew 5, that do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. There's a response when you thirst, there's something to quench that thirst our creed, our denomination will never satisfy that thirst you've got to find the reality of a living god and the only way you'll ever do it is be filled with his spirit that is the quenching of that thirst he is the satisfying portion to his church the all-sufficient one that satisfies ever long when a man leaves the things of the world and comes to christ he finds that all-sufficiency in christ when he finds christ now then she began to thirst. And uh, of course the priest told her she could not go. But you know there's something about it. If a person wants to find God, there's nothing going to stop them from it. Amen. Now the little lady had some hindrances. And every person that tries to come to Christ will find hindrances. It's everywhere. You just start it one time and find out. Start a closer walk with God. Find out what'll happen. Just try. The devil's at the door to stop you every way. Now the first thing She was a queen, and she had a long ways to travel. She had to leave her church, she had to forsake her her priest, she had to forsake her church. But Jesus said, whosoever will not even forsake father, mother, husband, wife, children, all and come after me is not worthy to be my disciple. It's a forsaking, a sacrifice to give up. You say, well, I'm, you know, I've gone through certain clubs, I've gone to these parties, and we all, you've got to forsake everything. You have to make your choice now. Are you ready to forsake everything to follow after Him? If God goes to put the thirst in your heart, you'll forsake everything in the world. I walked away from my own father and mother, home. I've got a wife and three children sitting right out there now. If they would tell me no more preaching, I'd walk right straight away from home. Yes, and as much as I love them, die for them, I hear easily. But Christ is all He's my objective, and I, my motive to him is to sacrifice everything that I have to follow him. Whether I'm called a fanatic, whether I'm called a divine healer, a holy roller, whatever it might be, I don't care for the things of the world. I don't believe any Christian does. We want to follow Christ. That's my objective. Follow him. Lift him up. That's what we need today. Is people of that really to sacrifice now? The little queen had some smart ideas, i I'd like for you to notice. She said, Now, I have never seen this, I don't know nothing about it, so I'd imagine the first thing the little queen did was purchase her a Bible so she could read and find out. She said, Now, if it's some kind of a put up it won't be according to the Bible, their Bible. But if their Bible has predicted such a thing, then it will be right. Now, that's what Christians ought to do. When you come to a meeting, don't condemn. First Search out the Scriptures. What's there been been that sincere with Jesus? Search ye the Scriptures, for they are there to testify on me. In them you think you have eternal life. You think you have eternal life, and they testify of me. That's right. Surely, he told the Pharisees, those great clergymen of that day, said, you can look at the sun, it's lower, and you say, tomorrow it's going to be foul weather, and if it's clear tomorrow, it'll be fair weather. Said, you hypocrites. You're supposed to be clergymen. And you can discern the things of the world better than you can discern the signs of the time. That ain't the truth today. Everybody interested in who will be president. I am, too. What difference does it make? I want to know who will be king of eternity. Christ. That's the main thing. I want to know about my nation. I'm interested in it. I'm American. I'm interested in my nation. But, brother, let that be second. My God is first. Yes, sir. But the thing of it is, they take the nation, the things of the world. Who will, be, who will play this play with certain, certain movie star, a lot of people, many people today, church members, Pentecostal people, Baptists, Presbyterians, can tell you more about the movie life than they can the Bible life.
0: More children
1: can tell you about David Crockett or or Gunsmoke or some of them they can about Jesus Christ because that's what they're taught in their homes. They don't talk about juvenile delinquency. It's parent delinquency and church delinquency. Exactly right. Church delinquency. Of preaching the Word and God working with the church, confirming the Word with signs of following. Ananias suffices living in the church on the fat of the church and never called out and told her sins because of the heaviest payers there is in the church. Some Ananias with a great job can put in $5,000 a year. He could drink, smoke, gamble, commit adultery. And he can be deacon at the same time. Brother, I'm telling you, when the Spirit of God comes into the church, you tear it open and rip it out. Like he did when he came the other time to the temple. Money changers, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, truth breakers, false accusers, incontinence, despisers of those that are good, heavy minded, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, some such turn away. I'm quoting the scripture for Timothy Three. Now, when you see those things taking place and know the hour that we're living, the sincerity that the church ought to be in, and yet this fabulous. You go down here at the market or the street, or uh, go tonight for dinner and to set you out a bowl of soup and a big spiders in it. Well you're going to sue the company. Certainly. A fly's in it, you well, you call the waitress and bawl her out like everything, and yes you'll walk right around and take some man made theology and push it down your throat, join the church That's all you have to do. Except the man be born again. He can moralize in enter into the kingdom. Deal with it. And these signs will follow them after they're born again. See? what Jesus said, that brings the mark of distinction to the church, the signs and wonders of the resurrected living Christ living in the church. They don't want it today. That little queen wanted it. But the first thing she wanted to know, was it scriptural or not? She said it all the scriptures. Then she said, I'm going to do another thing. I'm a queen. And if that message is right, I'm going to support it. And she laid in camels with gold and mirror and frankincense and all kind of costly a perilous, uh, she said, if it's right, if that God is real God, then I'm through with this thing I have been serving, and I'm going to support it with everything i got. That's the attitude. Amen. Listen, God's not concerned as much about your money, but He wants you to support Him with all you are. Amen. He don't want 10% of your money so much says He wants your time, your talent, your testimony, yeah. and all that you are. If be given it to his hand so he can control you. He wants to be your Lord. Not only your Savior, but your Lord. Lordship to govern you. And he and she said, I'll support it if it's right. If it's not, I can bring my money back home. That's a good sensible thing for a lot of Americans to listen to. I think so today, if you ever kind of a program and support it, it condemns the very thing that you believe in. And that's right. Block support radio preachers and things. I'm not condemning that. I have no radio program, never intend to have. You've been on television? Sure, had buildings and churches and so forth. I condemned it, turn it away. I want to be humble. I want to stay to a place I can go to anywhere under any condition and preach wherever God needs me to go with no strings tied, no nothing at all. Just be free to do and say what the Holy Spirit says, say. That's my idea. Yes, sir. Stay with that. Just be led by His Spirit. What if I had to make ten thousand dollars a day? What if I had to make a thousand dollars a day? You think I could be a climate fraud? Certainly not. I couldn't. Of course. I don't have to have anything. Just enough to feed my children. God sees That's all necessary. So there we are. No supports and things like that. Now, I believe that God gives ministers radio and television programs. I believe that with all my heart, but he didn't give it to me. Now, the thing of it is, If you're supporting the right thing, well, how would you support a thing that condemns Pentecost and the divine healing and the power of the Holy Ghost and make fun of it, and you turn around and let your own preacher on the radio starve and have to cut his program off and support such as that? I don't understand it. And I know thousands and dozens. I'd support exactly what I believed in and what I thought of. I'd stay loyal to it till I die. Yes, there was everything, not only my money, but my soul, my experience, my testimony, my presence, my everything that I could do. I'd support it. And that little queen had the same idea. No wonder she'll stand in this last day and condemn the generation today. Yes, she was going to support it with all she had. She put her gold and things down. The next thing, she had to go a long way to get to hear this man. This talks too much about. Her. Now she had to cross the Sahara Desert. You know how long it take her to do it? Take her about three months, ninety days. And she didn't come in an air conditioned Cadillac. No, she come on the back of a camel. That's right. No wonder she'll condemn this generation. The people won't even walk across the street to hear a message like it. To see the Spirit of God move and do wonders, they'll step in the front yards and criticize. Go to the places and condemn it. And she came from the utmost parts of the world on the back of a camel, Have to travel by night. Another thing, look what was in her robe. The sons of Ishmael was in the desert in that day. They were robbers, And her was all that money, crossing the desert, a little handful of soldiers, a few maidens with her as bodyguards, four or five eunuchs standing around her. And traveling out there with this great fleet of fleet-footed horse riding. Uh, Arabs that come across the desert there and could take everything you had and murder and let them lay there. But you know something? When you've got a hunger in your heart for God's danger, don't even stand in the way to you. You just keep moving on, flying on. There's nothing going to separate us from the love of God that's in Christ. Keep moving on. She just kept going on. She never thought of the death. Anyhow, if you're hungry for God, the devil will put every obstacle he can in your way, but Christ will move it out of the way. Just walk in the light as he is in the light. Just keep moving on, and God will make a way for you. He promised to do it. And he will do it. And that's right. She started. She packed up her camel. She put all of her gifts on. She started across the desert, perhaps traveling by night. It was so hot, the direct rays of that. Uh, that sun in that Sahara Desert, it almost cooked the meat right off your bones. And here she come across, why? Day after day, week after week, day after day, month after month, traveling on across the desert on these old camels from one oasis to another, starving for water, her tongue hanging out, parched lips, all her man walking along. Any time they could be robbed or killed, making a difference, she's on her own to see if this thing is right or not. Oh, and think right here in this city. Today as the people. This place could be packed in January, yards standing full. The people with their hands in the air praising God when they see great signs and wonders yeah. taking place. The wonders, the miracles, the very scripture being fulfilled, the sign of the resurrection to a, a wicked and adulterous generation. But will they do it? No wonder she'll stand in the last days and condemn this generation, Jesus said. Now, we find finally she arrived at the gate safely. And when she arrived, now remember a lot of people come into a meeting like that if they're going to see some miracle of God or going to be performed or if it's being performed, they'll say, Well, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll just walk in and I'll sit down, and if that preacher says one thing that I don't agree with and my church don't agree with, I'll get right up and walk out. That shows illiteracy. literacy. <laughs> That's exactly that shows poor raising to begin with. Now, she came in not to stay and see if the pastor said anything, Pastor Solomon said something that she didn't agree with, or whether her church, she knows that her church didn't agree with that. But she came come in to step down to take the Scriptures and to stay until she was convinced one way or the other. That's the way to do it. Yes. Take the things that claims to be of God and test them with the Scriptures yes. to see if they're scripturally, if they're scripturally, are right. Here she comes in now. And she takes off all of her, packed off the camel. She puts up her little tent out there in the palace court. And she's just going to stay until she's convinced. I wish the American people had that same kind of idea. I don't care what the pastor says, what John Jackson says, or what my denomination says. I'm going to stay till I'm thoroughly convinced whether it's right or not. And I'm going to compare it with the Scripture, word after word, page after page, and I'm going to see whether it's right or not. She stayed until she was convinced, so she would know. Now, let's take her first morning. Well, I hear all the hymns singing, the bells ringing, and... And Solomon came out to the pulpit, his judgment, his throne seat, sat down, Pastor Solomon, the church sang the hymns and the, the trumpets and the music instruments played, and all the congregation come around. I see the little queen get her seat back there. She said, I'll just watch now and see what takes place. Here comes someone up, and the first thing you know, she said, now I'll see whether it's right or not. And she watched it, she said, I've heard, now this God is a God that does these things, I'm going to see if that spirit of God is in this man, this servant of his. And when the first person come up, Solomon, with his great power of discernment, discerned it perfectly and told her. Oh, my! The little queen's heart began to beat fast. Day after day, time after time, it happened. Let's say uh, she didn't, of course, but let's just say she got a prayer card, but she wasn't called for a long time. But after a while, share time came to come before Solomon. And the Bible said that there was nothing hid from Solomon. But he revealed to her all the things that she should know. He told her about it. Hallelujah. And when she seen this, she said, I see it works on others. And I wonder if it works on me. I somehow, I believe it. That's right. I've made this sacrifice. I've come a long way. And i tell you what I'm going to do. I'll go up and see if it works on me. So she got up there and Solomon told her all things. The Bible said nothing was hid from Solomon through the spirit of discernment, a gift of God. He discerned everything that she, he should tell her. And satisfied her in such a way, she gave all of her gifts to the church, to the cause, and she stood, and here's what she said Blessed are the men that are with you, that stay with you, administer minister to you continually with you, for their eyes behold this all the time. Not only blessed is the people and all, but blessed are they that see this done day after day. Blessed are the men that. They go along with you. Let's see these things done, meeting after meeting, time after time. How blessed it is. And she's seen all the glory and God. And she was a convert. And Jesus said she'll stand in the last days and condemn this generation. Because she comes to hear the wisdom of Solomon and are greater than Solomon this year. Let me say to you this afternoon, friends, are greater than Solomon this here. The Holy Spirit himself is here, the agent of God, the resurrected Jesus in spirit form. God has sent him back to dwell in his church, to be with us, to move and and to bless us and to give us uh, his presence and to do the work that he did. Oh, if we could only grasp it, if you could only get a hold of it. What made that little queen? In closing, may I say this, if something comes on my mind. The reason that she said that, and the reason she did it, is because for her first time she saw something real, something real. She saw something that could not be explained by human mind. It was supernatural. She seen something that she knew that was real. A little story, or not a story, it's the truth. Everyone knows that I hunt. I I hunted. My mother is a half Cherokee Indian. And I I I love the Indians. I love to hunt. My conversion never take it out of me. I hunt Africa, Asia, everywhere. I'm not a killer, but a hunter. So I love. I'm a conservationist. I was a I was a conservation officer for year after year, seven years in Indiana. And I, I believe in conserving game. I believe to be in the woods, to be alone. There's something about it. I used to hunt up in the North Woods, and I. To be alone, that's where my first Bible come from. I can hear the wind blowing through the trees, watch the tree die and then live again. Watch a flower go down the fall year and come up in spring. I know there was a God somewhere. I watched sap stand in the tree in September, August and September, and never a cold breeze ever hit it. But before the cold breeze ever hits that tree, what is it? That sap runs down into the roots and hides through the winter. If it doesn't, it'll die through the wintertime. And then spring year, here it comes back bringing apples again. Producing. What intelligence runs that sap down into those roots? Tell me. Put water on a bucket and set it on the top of a post and see if it will go down the bottom of the post. Certainly not. Certainly not. An intelligence runs it down. God is in nature everywhere, working in nature. And that was my first Bible, and I used to go hunting with a fellow, uh, a bird called My wife here knows him well. And uh, so we go up there in the woods to hunt, and he was one of the best hunters I ever hunted with. He was also a party of it. And you never had to worry about losing. He'd, he'd come in. He was all right. He knew his place. And he was a dead shot, one of the best i ever seen, and you never, sometimes you take a person to the woods, you don't know where you go to leave him, and you have to keep washing them, and hunting him up and you stray all somewhere. But never burst. Just let him alone. He's all right. And we loved to hunt together. We know one another. He was a fine fellow, but the meanest man i ever seen in my life. That guy was really cruel. Cold-hearted. I've never seen a man so cold-hearted. He used to kill fawns just to make me feel bad. And uh, he'd shoot your fawns, a little baby. Dear you, Oregon people know what the are. He'd shoot them just to make... Now, oh, it's all right to take a fawn. Abraham killed a calf and fed it to God. right. It's all right to kill a fawn if the law says to kill it. They are conservationists. They know what can be killed and what not. But then, if it's not just kill a bunch of them to be mean, that's mean. And so he, one day, I went up to see him, and we was going hunting, and he had invented some kind of a little whistle that made it go like a little baby fawn crying for its man. And I thought, I said, Bert, you're not going to use that. Oh, I said, Preacher, you're too chicken-hearted. Get next to yourself. And I said, Bert, don't you do that. Oh, I said, go on. That's the way you preacher said, you're too chicken-hearted. Yeah, go on. We went hunting that morning, and we as long the season. And deers are scarce because the first gun goes to far, and they get the cover up there because there's a lot of hunting. We always take us a sandwich and a little uh, a thermos bottle full of uh, hot chocolate because it gives nourishment and heat quick to the body. You happen to hurt yourself or something, you they pick up. And deers is very scarce. We walked from about daylight till about eleven thirty, and had not even seen one track. About. Eight or ten inches of snow on the ground, good tracking weather. We went all down through the big beaches and up through the places in the hardwood and on into the other birch and so forth and uh, green timbers and seen nothing, not even a track. We come to a little clearing about the size of this building, this auditorium, and Bert just stooped down like this, started reaching back in his shirt. I thought he was going to get his lunch, and we'd eat lunch, and usually then we'd separate at noon, and one goes one way and one another, and we'd get back to camp at night. And re- reaching back in here. I started to get, let my gun down. I started to get my lunch. And when he came out, he had this little old whistle. And he looked up to me at them lizard-looking eyes of his. And I thought, you're not going to do that, Jerry. And he tucked that little whistle, and he blew it. It sounded just like a little baby fawn. You've heard him crying for their mammy. And he, and he blowed this whistle. And he looked up and kind of laughed. And to my surprise, just across the opening, a great, big, beautiful doe stood up. Oh, she was a beautiful-looking animal. See those great big brown eyes, those big ears peeking? And I looked at her. What was it? She was a mother. See? And a baby was in trouble. And she began looking around. Where's that baby at? And he looked up at me again like that, and I said, he's going to do it anyhow. I seen he pull back that lever on that 30 tick. a dead shot he was, and he blew it again. She straightened those big ears up. Now that's altogether unnatural for a doe to do that hunting season, right that time of day. And she walked right out into that opening, looking around for that baby. Where it was at. And when he started to raise his head up, the doe seemed. Well now, usually they, what we call, spooked at that, you see, they, they, they're scared, they run away. But not her. She stole them big ears, those big brown eyes, look down that way, Where the hunters coffee his cat, coming up. I see him level that rifle, put that crosshair right across her lower heart. I thought oh, Bert, how can you do that? How can you kill that mother looking for her baby? Now I talked to him about the Lord, and he'd just laugh at me, and I said, Bert, how can you do that? How can you ever kill that poor mother? Now she was a hypocrite. She wasn't putting that on. She was real. She was born. Something in her was a mother, and a baby was in trouble. And she was a mother. The instinct in her mother instinct would walk right in the face of that gun, knowing that she's going to her death. What difference did it make? She's going to find that baby. She was in trouble. She wasn't putting nothing on. I see him level that shoulder down, and, oh, my, them crosshairs out across that heart, I thought, about another second he'll blow that loyal heart of hers, come to the other side. That big 180-grain bullet blow out of there, uh, all mushrooms blow a hole about like that. Now I would just blow that Laurel heart of that mother. To come to the other side. thought, oh, how can he be so cruel? I said, I just can't watch it. I threw him in my head. I, uh, in my heart, I said, Lord God, please help me. Don't let him do that. Look at that display of real motherhood. Look at that real thing. Of that mother walking right out, not a hypocrite, not putting on like a lot of church members do. Act like they're Christians. When a showdown comes, you are ashamed of it. She walked out. There was something real. She stood there, and was ready to meet her death because what? Inside of her, she was a mother, and a baby was in trouble. I was praying. I thought, Lord, don't let him do it. I waited, waited. The gun never fired. I thought, Well, what's the matter? I turned to look, and the gun barrel was going like this. <laughs> then, studying errors, and broke. Grabbed the gun and put it on the ground, knocked it on a little drift of snow about like that. He threw his arms around my trouser legs and said, "Billy, I've had enough of it. Lead me to that Lord Jesus that you're talking about." Uh, what was it? Hallelujah. They hold their peace to rocks for them, immediately cry out. What did he see? He saw something real. He saw something that he couldn't even see. A lot of ministers are Christians. He saw in that deer a loyalty, something real that was real. That deer preached the best sermon to him that any preacher could ever preach. She had something real that he could lay a hold of and know there was a real motherhood. You know, there's a real motherhood, there's a real God, there's a real salvation. Down on that snowbank, I led him to the Lord Jesus Christ, and he's a deacon in the First Baptist Church now, a loyal Christian, because he saw something that was real. Oh, God, let us be real. Let's not have some kind of form of religion. Let's have something real that people can see that God lives in. Let's bow our heads just a moment. I want to ask you a sincere question. As you well know now that I'm, I'm not a clergyman, I'm not a speaker, I'm uneducated. But in my heart there's something that's real. I found a Christ that means the same to me as that formed into that dough. He's more than my life, ready to give it any time. And I have sacrificed him 31 years ago to get sweeter day by day. As my days are growing weaker now I'm getting old. Is there a person here so that you know, how many people, should I say, would like to have the reality of Christ in their heart as this mother dear did for her baby? Would you like that reality? While your head is bowed, just raise your hands and say, Pray for me, Brother Brown. I want Christ now to put so much real love in my heart for him. As the mother, dear, had for her baby. Would you raise your hand and say, remember me in prayer. God bless you, sir. God bless you. God bless this young fellow here, out here. all oh, up in the balcony, someone up in there, say, remember me, brother Brandon, as you pray. God bless you up there. Sure, God, sees your hands wherever you are. God bless this sister sitting here in the wheelchair. Bless you, sister. Leah. Maybe a mother, know what motherhood means. And you know how loyal that is to those children. Let it be that way, first time. He'll give it to you. He'll give you the Spirit of His, of His Holy Spirit in your heart. Would you like someone else? Just raise your hand. Say, Does that mean anything, Brother Brand? Certainly. You pass me death alive when you do that. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst. God bless you, my brother, sitting right here. Would it be someone else? Just before we go, we won't call the altar call right now. No, we just ask you to uh, raise your hands to pray. We're going to pray for the sick. God bless this young colored lady sitting here. Uh, looks like a girl just at the crossroads of life. God bless you, young lady. On this teenage, reference age of rock and roll and stuff going on, you've taken the choice of the right road for Christ. May God ever bless you, my sister. Someone else, you just say, "Remember me, brother," and prayer. While you're praying, may God have mercy on you. God bless you, my brother. Here in the ones with the cross piano. Yeah, God bless you there, that young girl back there. God bless you, honey. The little girl. God be with you. That's wonderful. All right. Is there another that knows that you haven't got that kind of love? You couldn't display that loyalty to Christ. You'd like to, but you haven't got it. Maybe you belong to church. What hurts you to raise your hand? Say, I'd love to have it, doesn't I'd love to feel in my heart, towards Christ, God bless this little girl sitting here. I'd like to feel in my heart like that towards Christ, like that mother dear did to her baby, would you, that one of cruel-hearted man. God bless you over there, yes, to the right, I see you, sir, God be with you, I'm sure he has, not even a sparrow can fall without him knowing, he knows your hand when he goes up, he knows the hunger and thirst in your heart, and he said, blessed are they that do hunger and thirst for righteousness, or they shall be killed, would there be another before prayer? All right. God bless you, sir. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. God bless you uh, back there. Yes. Yeah. God bless you. I just wait a moment. Maybe another would raise your hand. You'll never forget raising your hand. I'm sure you won't. You'll never forget. Maybe laying on a highway somewhere bleeding during the ambulance coming, the blood running from your veins, you know your dog. You'll remember you raise your hand. When you? Someone else before we close. All right. Let us pray you. Our blessed heavenly Father, they came from the east and west, north and south to hear the wisdom, spirit of discernment that was on your servant Solomon. And when your son, the Lord Jesus, is your honor, as he told them, that how they had condemned in their generation the thing that Solomon's generation had cherished, and how that they had prospered in Solomon's generation, and how they would be polluted in his generation. And yet he was greater than Solomon. And today, Father, it's a greater day than it was the day that when you visited us here on earth in a body of flesh. For in those days, the real atonement had not yet been made. God dwelled in one man. That was his son, Jesus. And now, as the atonement's made, the whole ransom church can bosom God. God can come into the bosom of his church. And the Holy Spirit, you said, if you speak against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven you, when they called you Beelzebub, because you were discerning the thoughts of their mind. They should have known that for the Spirit of God, that was on Solomon, upon the prophet, and here it was, made in its fullness in you. And they spoke forth against you and called you an evil name. called the work of the Holy Spirit, a devil, and you said, I'll forgive you for that. But when the Holy Ghost has come, you speak against that. It will never be forgiven. Well, the Holy Spirit, after been in you and they come upon the church, here it is today, which would be greater than that, because your life has sealed the work for the Holy Ghost and brought it to the church, and yet a word against it will never be forgiven. And here he is today, the lovely Holy Spirit, the person of Christ, standing in our midst doing the same thing that he did, scripturally, from Genesis to Revelation. According to the last days, he was to be here and do these things, and here he is. Father God, how we thank you for this. And I pray today that each one of those who raised their hands recognized me upon this simple little affair that happened, Lord, about my good friend, your servant, now sir, How did that touch that cruel-hearted man? When you didn't have anybody in that country see seemed like they could do it, I myself could not even lead him to you. But he, but he saw that real something in that deal more than he could see in me or any other man. But God, you showed it by an old mother dear, and she laid it to you. Bless his loyal soul, Lord. I pray today that through the simple story of telling that many has raised their hands. Give them their desire, Lord. May through the simplicity of faith, reach up and. Take a hold of the throne of God and say, "Lord, pour the golden vile oil of God's Holy Spirit into my heart." Then they'll be ready to die for Christ, display His love, His loyalty in their workshop, in their homes, in their organizations, wherever it might be. Grant it, Lord. I commit them to you now, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Son. Amen. you love him? Let's just sing one verse of my one of my favorite old songs. I love him. I love him because he first loved me. And while we do this, we're going to have the healing service, a uh, the prayer service for the sick, just enough, all little bit. Now let's just sing now. Raise up our hands. All right, brother. I love him. I, I Audience, Methodist, Baptist, Presbyterian, Pentecostal, let's sweetly just take over somebody's hand, sit next to you, and say, God bless you, brother and sister, while we sing that again. Amen. Now the message is over. Just worship Him in the Spirit. Paul said, if I sing, I sing in the Spirit. I worship, I worship Him.
0: mean with all your heart. Love you.
1: The word just kind of scour you out, feel good and clean. How many feel that way? Just like. pray for just a minute. Oh, right, there some man saying Thank a few you minutes ago. God. He's still saying him. Alright, let's bow our heads. You, just a minute for prayer. Oh Lord, the hour is near at hand now when something must be done. I have just as sincerely as I know how brought this simple little message of your grace and power and I was thinking that it would be earlier, and we'd bring up four, five, ten people, and you'd send your spirit of discernment. But it seemed, Lord, that, that the people would rather than just pray for you. So, uh, Lord, maybe that's the way you built their faith this afternoon. That be right, Father, then I pray that you'll anoint me so with the Holy Spirit, that people, when they come by, they'll not come as coming by, just their friend and brother, but they'll notice standing on the platform here somewhere unseen to our eyes is the Lord Jesus to confirm every word that he has written, all that he has said. Give the audience faith to believe. Grant it, Father. I pray in Jesus Christ's name and for his glory. Amen.
0: The great
1: I dressed address my wife sitting there. When it was all just about like this at Fort Wayne, Indiana that night, it was mostly Dunkard and Amish Mennonite. And a little sister back there that was trying to seek the Holy Ghost she had. i never forget that long, beautiful, white hair done up. She had a white dress on. She was playing and it was bringing a little crippled baby to me. And I helped the little baby in my arms and I said to the mother, do you believe that the Lord Jesus will heal the little baby? She said, I believe, sir. And just then, I prayed for the little baby, and I started to hand it back to the mother. The mother set it down. It started running across the floor. She fainted. The people began screaming. And that girl received the Holy Ghost. She jumped up from the piano. Her hair fell down. And that piano constantly played the great physician Now is near the sympathizing Jesus. And several hundreds of people stand there watching those ivory keys move. This great physician now is near. The altar filled in and all up and down the aisles. There are weeping and crying. Those Mennonites and Amish and so forth coming to the Lord Jesus. They could even no pray for no more. Just screaming to God for mercy. They've seen something real. The great physician now is near. The sympathizing Jesus. All right. Now, Without the discernment. How many of have seen the discernment know about? Raise up your hand. Raise up your hand, darling. That's right. Now, you know it could be done. But to pray for all this lying, I couldn't do that. But, oh my, that little baby. Anyone can see it the baby's face. your baby sister? Oh, what a pity. Come here. I'm sure you all would. Forgive me. Let's just find out what that is, will you? Huh? See, ask the Holy Spirit. Would it help you? Would it help you? Would it help the congregation? I was just saying that little story about the little boy at Fort Wayne and then about the baby. You look to me. Now, I don't say it. You know what I mean. Like Peter and John passed through a gate called beautiful and said to crippled man, look on us. Look on up. That means just pay attention to what I'm saying to you. The baby, something happened. And if the Holy Spirit will be able to tell me about that, would it help your faith to believe that he'd make it well? I know I hit those spots. I had it here not long ago. I was wondering about crossing over. I had an experience I aim to tell through the church this week sometime what happened. Now, you know, ladies, if I could help that baby and would not do it, I don't deserve to be behind this Bible here. No, sir. I've been imposter. I shouldn't even be allowed to come behind the pulpit. But if I could help it, I would do it. But the only thing that I, if Jesus was standing here with this suit on that he gave me, he couldn't do no more than to tell you that when he died at Calvary, he purchased the healing of that baby. Now, these he's can tell you that truth, Is that right, Daddy? He did. Then if he was standing here and you'd say, Oh Lord Jesus, will you heal my baby? Let it get well. I, I, I love you, Lord, and I'll raise the baby to serve you if you'll just heal my little baby. Uh, maybe it's burning stuff or whatever it was, I don't know. But if, whatever it was, if you just, if you just heal my baby, I, I promise, I'll raise it to serve you. Well, he'd say, my daughter, I have already healed your baby at Calvary. Now, how would you know that was him telling you that? Well, then he'd do just like he did when he was here on earth. He'd tell like the woman had touched his garment. See, something like that. You know what I mean? Tell you about the baby. That would help you to believe that it wouldn't be your brother. Then it would be the Lord Jesus that's here. Is that right? How many understand that? All right. May the Lord help. Sister? Sister, the baby. It isn't a barren. it looks like it, but it isn't. That's the result of some treatment. Doctors have done everything they could for the baby, but sort of a tumor's condition, like blood cells, is all run together, and you've had it to several doctors. They've turned it down. There's nothing can be done for it, they say. But you don't believe that. You believe that God will let your baby get well. Right. It's true. You're not from this city. No. You believe you can take it back to Eugene. It'll be all right, and God will make it well for you. If you, you believe with all your heart that God will make it well, that is great. Right? Our Heavenly Father, in the light of Calvary, in the presence of the Holy Ghost, I condemn this devil that did this to this baby. You've hid from the doctor, but you can't hide from God. Come out from this baby, and let's... This baby be well. I charge thee by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, whose presence is here now, that you defile follow this baby no longer. Amen. Don't you doubt a bit. Sing a little baby's safe. It's been thought it as a birthmark, like, but don't... Just go ahead and believe the baby get all right. You believe now with all your heart? How about some of you out there in the audience now with no prayer cards? You believe with all your heart? So that you'll know the Holy Spirit's here. Be reverent. praying. Pray. You're sitting there weeping. Got something on your heart, haven't you?
0: There's only one too.
1: It's in a hospital. In Portland. Got club feet. Child's going to be operating on tomorrow. That's thus saith the Lord. You believe with all your heart the child will turn out alright. What did she touch? What happened to her? her. I her, I've never seen a woman in my life. She's a total stranger. If that's right, wave your hand back and forth, lady. See? Is there a bit of that he said was true? If it is, wave your hand again. Stand up to your feet if that's the truth. There it is. Now, do you believe in the presence of Christ this year? Then believe with all your heart now. While you pray with me, we can't linger too long here. If we do, that it's going to, you know, it'll take too long to do it. Uh, that that it's hard to stop it when it won't start. A man sticking with a hand up like this, suffering with hay fever. You believe that God will make you well? I don't know you, do it. You? you don't know me. But God knows us both that you have hay fever. But that's why you raise up your hand. Why'd you contact? The Spirit of God. Now go and believe and it'll leave you. Hay fever isn't a disease, it's a condition of the nose. Just believe with all your heart, and it'll lead you, and you'll never have it again. We believe. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Tell me that Jesus Christ this is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He certainly is the same. If thou canst believe, just yes, keeps moving in the audience. Let's just start. Everybody, help me pray. I sure, if I don't say a thing, I just pray for you. You'll believe, won't you? Lord Jesus, I condemn the sickness of his body and ask for his healing. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, Come going now. You know that I know what's wrong with you, don't you? I don't say a word, just pray for you. You'll believe. The nervousness has left you so go on and be praying. Come believe with all your heart. Now, sister, you realize that he knows all about you. But if I just lay hands on you, the Bible says these signs shall follow them. That if they lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. That's it. Come. Father, I lay hands upon her in the name of Jesus. May she recover. Amen. Amen. I go thanking the Lord just like it's already finished and gone. Come, sister dear. You believe that God will heal you, make you well? Come now. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'll take this broken thing off of my sister, and may she wake up in the morning a different woman. Grand, Father. In Jesus' name. Jesus. I don't believe, you, sister. Don't doubt. Come, Brother dear. Believe with all your heart. Precious Lord, I pray that you'll heal my brother as I lay hands upon him. In the name of Jesus Christ, may he be healed. Amen. Don't doubt. believe with all your heart. You believe, brother? In the name of the Lord Jesus, may my brother be healed. Amen. Bless you. You don't want to be crippled up all your life, Do You know what I know what's wrong with you. You understand that. Every person's heart. It could not be healed now at all. This arthritis will to get you, if God don't help me, but He'll help me now, you do you believe that? Lord God, I charge this devil by the name of Jesus Christ that I'll leave you, i Amen. Have faith. you believe? Amen. Are you believe in all your heart now? See? We can't stop and see. The Holy Spirit is hardly seeking calm. As soon as they come, it will look like you catch it, but you can't get to all of them. But the same Holy Spirit, you believe, you believe that I believe, God? you believe that? Jesus said these signs shall follow them and believe if they lay hands on the sick, they'll recover. Is that right? And you believe with all your heart. Here, are you the next person to be prayed for? I don't know you. God knows you. If God will reveal to me something about you that you know that I do not know, would you believe me to be in his servant? Would that help you out there? All right. Now you just look at me and believe with all your heart that God is going to tell me something about you that'll help me. And you'll know whether it's the truth or not because you know something in your life or something in others that you know about. You'll know whether that's the truth or not because you're a witness of it. Now, I don't know you. I doubt whether you know me or not That's it's just by hearing me somewhere, but I don't know you. No know, way I don't know nothing about you. It has to be revealed by Spirit if I know that. Is that right? One of your troubles is a nervous condition. You have spiritual problems. That's exactly right. Your physical condition is a kidney. You only have one. The other's gone. That's right. You have a burden on your heart. That's for your husband. Is it all right if you say what he is? He's raised. And you're praying for him. That's thus to saith the law. Now, is that all right? Go and believe now and receive in the name of Jesus Christ. Just have faith. Don't doubt. Everybody pray. Now, the same Holy Spirit here, just the same every time. God, I charge this enemy in the name of Jesus. Amen. You believe now, sister dear, and you'll be all right? Father, God, I pray that you'll heal our sister in the name of Jesus, Christ. Come, sister. Now, you're aware that I know what's wrong with you. Now let me show you how I know, honey. I mean, Watch your... How many people out there suffering with a nervous condition? Just mental nervous upset. Raise your hands up. Look here. He's same as yours. Now, if you can be healed standing here, they can be healed out there. Is that right? So, if you just believe that the presence of the Lord Jesus is here, you can be healed. Do you believe it? Then go and be well in the name of Jesus Christ. Just believe that I've told you the truth. What if I told you you raised your hand on her heart when you got healed? Would you believe me? Why, you were. When you stepped to the Lord Jesus' Christ. you took of the hand. God, you. All right? Now, you're suffering with heart trouble. That's right. Many of them out there are suffering with heart trouble. But do you believe that Jesus heals the heart that he lives in? Come here. In the name of Jesus Christ, may this woman be healed of this heart condition. Amen. Go and believe now with all your heart. Come, brother, dear. Believe. Me. Lord Jesus, I pray that you'll heal me in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Go, don't doubt a thing, my brother. Believe with all your heart. Our Heavenly Father, I pray that you'll heal our sister in Jesus' name. May she go and be well. Amen. Come, believe. All right, sir. You want to go eat your dinner and feel good over it? Then go eat in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Why is it just the discernment? Remember, friends, discernment doesn't heal. Discernment only, the voice of the discernment is what does the healing. See, the voice of the discernment. You believe that? Hmm. Going into the, the roll back uh, trouble with your eyes, with your throat, with your ears. You believe God makes you well? Man, it's a little stripe to thing you across his shirt like this. I don't know. you never seen it. But something struck you right then, didn't it? That light appears right over top of your head. That's exactly what was wrong with you. Is that right? Raise up your hand. All right. Go home, be well. Jesus Christ heals you. Okay? i never seen the man. Now, how many know that that's exactly what Jesus looked out over the audience when the woman touched his garment? And he said, Thy face is saved, is that right? She got well. See? Well then does the Bible say it? he's the high priest right now that can be touched by the feeling of our infirmities? Is he the same God that came up when Simon came up before him and he said, Your name is Simon? Is that the same God? And know his name? Do you believe he knows the same thing, can do the same thing? You believe he knows your infirmities? You know that he said he he perceived the thought? This is not only perceiving their thoughts as telling what they were, what they are, and what they will be. See? It does more than that. Reveals sin. How many see it reveals sins and call it out and tell men and pour out the women they're living with and everything? If you don't want that done, you better make it right before you come on the platform. It'll certainly do it. How many have been in the meetings? Raise your hands. I've seen that. Raise your hands, everyone. Certainly it will. Perfect. God. Sometimes people have more faith than they think they You try to make yourself have faith. Don't do that. Just humble yourself. A man sitting right there, a the light still around him right there. Didn't he surprise him? He had that much faith. That's right. But he had it. Isn't that right, sir? If that's right, raise up your hand. The man is here right down here. That's right. they just surprised. You don't think you have it. But it's, it's just simple. Just believe it. Here. Here's a man standing here. I don't know you. That's right. You don't know me, I suppose. God knows you. You know me just by seeing in the audience and things like that, uh, not this way. you think that God, if he would tell me what you're here for, or something would, would it make you have a lot of faith to believe? Would it make it? It might make you have faith, all right? What if I told you that, that you're here to have this little lump taken off your head there, that's exactly what you're here for? If that's right, raise your hand. Now the audience might say, "Sure, Brother Branham, you're looking at him, all right. If this is the Spirit of Jesus Christ, you'll know the man. I'll have contact with him, right? You're not from here, from a city called Lakeview, is that right? They call you Bill, don't they? Is that right? Raise up your hand. Now you got faith, and go on be healed, Jesus Christ, makes you well. Anyone sees this little afflicted child? All of you bow your heads while we pray for this little child. Bring you don't have to say about You know, you believe that God will take this little child and take this away from you and things it well. Lord, I lay hands upon you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Condemn the devil that's done this evil to the child. May the child return even this week and show the mother, show what's happened to the baby. In Jesus' name, I commit him to God. God bless you. Won't you hear my baby? Come, little child. Lord Jesus, bless this little one and make it well. Bless all of to city. Our Heavenly Father, I pray that you'll bless the woman and heal her in Jesus' name. Have faith now. Bring the little lad. Do you believe that God can make him well? Our Heavenly Father, I hold this little boy close to me and ask that the power of Almighty. If it isn't for you, I pray that you'll let this little child be so healed that the people will know that you're God, that this child may return back into this audience before this series of services closes this coming week and show that God has healed her and her little legs are well and she's walking again. Oh, you devil that's done this, I charge you by God, by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, whose presence is here now, lead the child, and may the strength of God take the place of this break that the child will walk in the power of the Spirit of God the rest of her life. Amen. Will it be that way, sir? It will. God bless you. You shall have what you have. I give you the child in the name of Jesus Christ. for name. All right. In the next person. This is all the rhyme? All right, young fellow, I'm a stranger to you. I don't know you and you don't know me, but God knows us both. If the Lord will tell me what you're here for, would you believe? Would it, would it cause you to believe? You would believe All right? How many would it help the audience?
0: Something
1: strange about you. you You're actually a a nervous, upset, uh, nervous condition. You've come from a long way to be prayed for. You're not, you're not really un-American. You're German. You're from Germany, and you've come here to be prayed for. And I see you arrived at Jeffersonville, and I was gone, and you come over here for me to pray for you all the way from Germany. I send you back to Germany in the name of Jesus Christ, a well man. You believe me? I cast the evil from this man in the name of Jesus Christ come out of you. May you return to his people. A well man. And when I return there to Germany, Lord, for a meeting, may this young man be a testimony in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You're healed. Go back home well. Avidersi. Praise the Lord. you will believe. What about you sitting in that wheelchair? You believe God can heal you? Will you believe me to be His prophet? If I could take out that wheelchair, I'd do it. I can't do it. But God can do it. If God will reveal to me what you're studying out about, will you obey me as His prophet? Cancer eating you in a vow. you obey me as His prophet? You'll die sitting there. You can't go anywhere there. You may be weak, under strain.
0: All right.